0: Welcome back to The Post Show, episode 17, which is crazy, because time is flying. Uh, this week, we give a quick update on My Hero Academia. We talk about Primal Fear, and then just 90s movies in general. Grant gives his review of Green Knight, which he saw in theaters, and then I give my review of the new Suicide Squad movie, which I saw in theaters. From there, we get into Tokyo Revengers, 2 Your Attunity, and Haiku. And then uh, we go back and revisit Music Box's Woodstock 1999 episode, because Grant saw that last week, and then I saw it this week, which is heavy. And then uh, I give a brief review on JoJo's Bizarre Adventures, which I just recently started, and Grant gushes about Bad Batch's penultimate episode. Action-packed episode this week. Thank you guys for listening. Enjoy. Oh, hey, Grant. Hey, Dave. How's it going? Pretty good, man. How are you? Mm. I'm good. I am good. It's uh, it's post show night. <sighs> better now. <laughs> yeah, better now. Better now that we didn't have to watch any My Hero Academia this week. <sighs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Everybody relax. I do want to
1: touch on that for for just a second. Um, Fine. The I because that's the thing. It's hard. It's hard because. The spoilers are just out there, right? Like it's it, my hero is just one of those shows. Like it's just so well known, it's so talked about. Mm-hmm. Anytime you do even a little bit of interest, like you, just, the percent the percentile is through the roof of getting spoiled. Mm-hmm. But I have deduced, I think there is some gentlemen, uh, some males and females on Reddit who were kind of breaking it down uh, in one of the in in a thread somewhere this mm-hmm. week. I think arcs have been switched. Um, oh, really? Like, I think we're about to start a new arc uh, shortly, I believe. And the mm-hmm. one we've seen post... Um, Class battle? Post-class battle is... And again, this is just internet, mm-hmm. you know, theories. But apparently this is what kind of fits aesthetically more to the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so they've kind of switched it around timeline-wise. And then so... What's coming next technically should have been after the class battles. I believe. Interesting. Yeah. So, so, so I think you might yeah.
0: be right there. I didn't. So I didn't see this thread that you're mentioning. But yeah. what I did see recently is I watched the uh, you know there's like an Instagram autoplay ad for the uh, for the upcoming movie, mm-hmm. and the villain in it who's in a post credit scene of one of the episodes, and we figured back at the time that that was like most of the setup, but the villain in it. Is referencing like some like New World ideology book thing, mm. and I was like, like, like he's just got this. It's this weird ide- ideological thing, and it's sort of tied in with like the Hawks coded message to Endeavor. And I was yeah. like, oh wait, don't tell me all of this is movie setup too, mm. and I think it might be um i mean maybe it still applies like the main thread or the main plot of this season and they're just going to expand on that in the movie but i have a feeling it might all just be it could just be an adaption of some elements of the the manga
1: and they're kind of and or in the anime too that they're kind of flourishing into the the movie world whereas like what we get in the show is kind of just continuing the path forward but i don't know like i'm not you know it's my hero has been my hero this season. I'm not trying to defend it or kick it down or anything like that. It's just I do think maybe once we get past this stuff that's a little timed for a specific reason, maybe it'll once that's behind us, maybe we'll start enjoying it a little more. Where it's it's just focused on the show. It's not potentially setting up this money making potentially money making machine. Which I, it came out this week. I don't know if it's doing well or not. I haven't seen any numbers yet. I feel like the second Demon Slayer launch. That's all you saw was the the weekend numbers and this and mm-hmm. that and i'm I'm seeing nothing on my hero so i don't even know wait is that in theaters uh not here i think oh, okay. over, ju- overseas it is. okay yeah. okay okay yeah
0: yeah that's a that's a good point i'm curious to see especially with the fact that demon slayer like rolled over the earth like fucking locusts like yeah it was was demon slayer i believe it was uh it holds a record here especially because they did, gave it an r rating in north america correct Oh, I didn't know that. I think they did. Um, If you think about, like, the dream sequences and, like, how bloody some of that gets, I think that's why they did it. Especially the Tanjiro stuff. Specifically the Tanjiro stuff, yeah. Um, Interesting. I have a feeling... Well, I I don't want to assume, but I I have a feeling Demon Slayer beats my hero. But then again, I don't really know a lot about the... market in japan and its appetite for this particular my hero movie or any my mm-hmm. hero movies i have no baseline like i don't know if they're successful i mean clearly this is like their third one so they have a reason but mm-hmm. anyway um i had a i had a busy week of yeah. content yeah That's, i don't know
1: uh, no i i'm the opposite I, I got a couple things in but uh so
0: i guess we'll, we'll start off with you you might have more to talk about this week um it, it's certainly possible um I'll start, I'll give you two movies. Okay. Um, the first one is very 90s. I think I told you, I'm like, I'm just doing this thing where I'm trying to watch a movie every week. Okay. Just yeah. period. And a lot of them are like 90s movies that I've like just somehow missed. A lot of them are quote, like classics that I haven't sure. got to. And yeah. then some of them are like, you know, newer or whatever. Um, this week I watched Primal Fear whoa I always <laughs> wanted to watch that one that's with oh, the ed norton eh? yeah you haven't seen it okay no i haven't so okay so i'm not gonna spoil anything i at do all.
1: i do know i know i know what happens in it it's just oh. one of those ones that i know it is a classic i would like to go back and watch it just to kind of see it for myself
0: yeah but uh, i know the twists well i'm not going to get into even that i'm not going yeah. to get into major spoilers what i will say is that like it's really fun and interesting to watch some of these older movies that people go batshit insane over um, sure. especially if you didn't get to see them at the time right yeah like i'm trying to think of like i don't know a 90s movie that i like like i love goodwill hunting right ah. and when i watch that movie i just think about how nostalgic and how fun it was to watch it growing up and whatever but sure. if you i've shown that to people who've never seen goodwill hunting and they're like jesus this is very this is a movie made in a different time yeah. And I don't think about it that way, right? No. Um,
1: I think it's timeless. That's the nice thing. That's one of the best qualities of Good Will Hunting is it, it's the definition of yeah. a timeless movie. You know? But
0: what I mean is like how it's made, like yes. the the way it's directed, the trailers, especially for a lot of these movies. Sure. Um, it's all just done in a very 90s way. And that's not to say it's good or it's bad. It's just different from what we expect today. Primal Fear is so fucking 90s. Oh, it's... There was this period, you know, back when like America was great, um, where everything was just about the leading man. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a bit. Everybody relax. Um, But there, it's true. '90s movies were just like centered around the star a lot of the time. Like a big part of this movie, and it's a good movie, and like I can get Mm -hmm. into why. But a big chunk of this movie is like, hey, everybody this is Richard Gere and she yeah. can do it all. Yeah. Like the movie is like it, you know, nowadays I think there's this thing, you know, especially just like with the advent and popularization of the internet, movies don't pander as much, especially if they're dramas that are meant for adults. Yeah. Like audiences don't really have th- their suspension for disbelief. Like that bar is just much, much higher, right? Like sure. you have to convince audiences nowadays. Back then, it just felt like you could just, like, do shit that wasn't really plausible. Like, Richard Gere plays a lawyer, but he's, like, half a detective, half a cop, like, just solving crimes sometimes. Hmm. You're like, wait a minute, you're a fucking lawyer. Like, this would, this isn't how this would work. Like, you just sort of lose a bit of realism sometimes. Uh, I miss I missed that but style of movie. But the, I'm not saying that as a con. I, I feel like this was just so 90s. You know what I mean? Like, audiences... Yeah, yeah, yeah were just, like, along for the ride. They were just like, yes, and what else, Richard Gere? Man who can do it all. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just, like, scenes of him just, like... There are just so many scenes where you you know you could call it like character development it's like we're trying to get an essence of like who is richard Gere in this movie right like sure he's this like hard shot lawyer but like kind of has a heart like has a heart and he like ends up caring for edward norton's character despite you know himself being kind of greedy and having ulterior motives the story you've heard a million times and it all really works but in that effort to, like, build that character, it's a lot of shots being like, look how cool he is in this environment. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. There's just something about that you don't really get a ton of the time anymore. Like a panning shot of him just lighting a cigarette and smoking it for 30 100%, seconds. 100%. <laughs> or, like, exactly. Or, like, a, of him, like, a secretary being, like, really intimidated by hot shot Richard Gere. And he's like, yeah, no, it's fine, whatever. Yeah. And then he walks away, and the secretary's like, oh, wow, he's so cool. <laughs> like it's shit like that, and like, yeah. the, you know, this is a good movie. This is just; these are just like isms that I think are very nineties. Like, it reminds me of, of like, the time, yeah. like the movie Troy with Brad Pitt. That's a good movie, but mm-hmm. there's almost too many shots of Brad Pitt just being cool. Does that make sense? Like, I 100 percent understand what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, it's just like they. It felt like, well, actually, here's the good example, and this will just end the whole conversation. Is the title. Opening credits of the movie say Richard Gere first and in a bigger font than it says the movie title Primal Fear. Whoa. It's Richard Gere in Primal Fear. Just in case you didn't know. big Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's, (laughs) you know, Brad Pitt is Mm. Achilles. Sure. Keanu Reeves in The Matrix. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It just made me think of, like, this whole thing that we don't really get anymore. I mean don't get me wrong, there will always be like Mission Impossibles and it's like a big Tom Cruise poster. One hundred But it, you know, but like that was not only like the summer movie. That was like every summer movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anyway, it was like such a trip. Um what else will I say very quickly? Supporting cast is great. It's all nineties actors you will recognize. Andre Bauer is in it. Oh really? Yeah. He's like very understated performance. Um Oh my god, uh, L- uh, Laura Linney is in it. She plays opposite Richard Gere. Oh, no shit. She crushes. She's incredible. I've always liked her, yeah. Laura Linney's incredible in it. Um, and everyone's younger and more attractive. That just like goes without saying.
1: I believe it was Ed Norton's first role.
0: It's Ed Norton's first role. He is, unfortunately, breathtaking in it. Like, he is... Uh, Why? Are
1: you, not, are you not hot on uh, Ed Norton? No,
0: it's just like... Uh, just the nature of his character is just sure. like... Uh, kind of sad. And like, he... He, Yeah, he did uh, an incredible job. Um, You know, there's some, like, fun twists and all that shit, which I won't get into, but, like, his character... I cannot believe it, and, like, it's funny because you end up hearing, you know, later down the road that Ed Norton's, like, difficult to work with, and that may have, like, limited him in some aspects. Sure. But, like, you look at what he does in this movie, and he came into this movie as his first (laughs) role, apparently, and was like, I'm an actor. I'm gonna act. Like, he made really really big decisions like this is you know Richard Gere blockbuster movie but like Ed Norton's role is doing the show he's doing a character piece yeah sure like every scene he's in he's like I should be starring in Joker like he's so (laughs) like highbrow acting in this movie and it's his first role and he's so young and it's his performance is incredible all right
1: um, did you see American History X
0: Yes, you know what? I was on a 90s binge like a year or two ago and that's when I saw that. <laughs> yeah, I remember the first time I saw that. I was just like that is
1: I remember just walking away. Like, you know, I was probably probably like 16 or 17 when I first saw yeah. it and you know, I think we had had just a discussion like, you know, many many post shows ago, but when when you get to that age, you're just like I'm going to watch real movies, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like you just want to you want to expand your horizons and all that and I remember one of the first ones I watched was American History X and I remember yeah, that's a real movie. It, it was like this is a real movie, but that was, like the performance was powerful. You know, it was just, it was. Yeah. I, I at that time, you know, I had seen a lot of movies at that at time. I've always been like a movie fan, especially as a kid. But you know, I remember like the 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 strength coming off the screen. Like he he like, he is that movie. It's crazy the just the charisma he has in that role. And and when you think about it, all of his roles too, like mind you, I haven't seen Primal Fear, but you know like just ed norton man like he's just yeah you know like he, yeah. even like is it the uh the italian job mm-hmm. like he's it's like a cheesy kind of like you know <clears throat> early 2000s mm-hmm. blockbuster popcorn flick but even then like he p- plays like a smarmy shitty little villain like perfectly and it's just like some people are and it's, actually you know what this goes back to our conversation last week about Woody harrelson same yes. same vibe just yes. shows up no matter what yeah and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't but at the end of the day like the actor put in like you know they, they've turned it up to a went for, for it performance yeah went yeah, for
0: yeah. it i uh last note on ed norton i was watching i love the comedy central roasts okay um they're a little inauthentic because all these people have comedy writers but you know suspend sure. your disbelief <laughs> for the for the sake of people being funny neat. jokes funny joke yeah exactly He's, uh, it's the roast of Bruce Willis. And this Hulk? happened, uh, relatively recently within the last two years. And somebody makes a crack because Ed Norton is on the dais. And somebody makes a crack about Ed Norton blowing it because he didn't want to do Hulk. And he missed out on the MCU and they gave it to Mark Ruffalo because yeah. Ed, Ward- Ed Norton was in the Incredible Hulk, right? Yeah. Which, yeah. like, kind of got piecemealed into the mcu in that post-credit scene True. and he could have been what ruffalo was right mm-hmm. and he turned it down apparently and someone was talking about how he blew it and how he's so difficult to work with and he gets up on the dais and he goes oh right and about all the hulk jokes he goes you know god for god forbid i wanted one marvel boot one marvel movie to be half as good as any of the christopher nolan batman films <laughs> he's Why? like he's like my fault for wanting to do quality i guess <laughs> <laughs> it was like Jesus <laughs> like yeah and I I believe it. I believe he was such a like he was probably so heady about like you know like art or whatever cuz he apparently didn't like the way the Incredible Hulk movie turned out because whatever, right? He had artistic differences with the director sure. at the time and then of, of course he doesn't sign on for the MCU but well, I thought that was kind of funny.
1: In in a similar lane um Eric Bana was on Marin a couple like a month or two ago.
0: Really? And, I that's a good one.
1: It, oh, it was very good. Like he's, I, I've heard him. I've heard him in a few interviews before over the years because, like, he's such an interesting character because, like, he was like a long time stand up comedian and was like us like did skits in Australia. Like he's he's like a he was not a dramatic actor at all. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, and Marin brings up like the whole the Hulk thing, and just his response was like, you know, he. I think Mark had asked him, was like, have you ever sat down with like Ed and Mark and like kind of like the three hulks, like, you know, kind of having it out. <laughs> and then and, and he was like, no, no, he's like, I haven't seen any of them. He's like, I saw mine and he's like and and just like the way he talked about it, he's like, I wasn't I, It was just the way he talked about it, like that was not my world. I had no interest in being that world. And, yeah. you know, when sometimes someone talks about that, you're like, you, you just didn't get the part. But like it actually seemed like he was like that. That was not my speed. I just wanted to work with Ang Lee. Because that's who made the first, the first one, right? He's like, who would pass up the opportunity to work with him? And it it was just so interesting to hear him talk about the experience. And he's like, and he's like, kudos to Mark. I'm sure he's like loving the checks, (laughs) you know. And like he was just like being very fun and light about it. It's, it's, it's so weird because Hulk is just this, that's still like kind of like the weird little Mark. In the MCU. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. there's no... It doesn't have that one... I think Ragnarok would be definitively the best Hulk movie, I mm-hmm. would say.
0: Because Universal owns the rights for the solo yeah. films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so still no great Hulk movie. But, uh, but,
1: but I would say Ragnarok would be the great one. And anytime yeah. Hulk's in a movie is usually one of the... In the top five movies oh, yeah. throughout, so... but uh, That's but, yeah.
0: uh, almost similar to another, like, critically acclaimed dramatic actor... Can you guess who I'm gonna say? Who like did the superhero thing, came out the other side and was like, "Well, that was rough." Mm, not uh. Not off the top of my head. Andrew Garfield. Oh. Cause he got he's got a, he's had a couple Oscar noms, eh? Since uh, yeah. his stint as uh, Spider-Man. There's this thing I think Variety does called the Actors on Actors, where actors oh, interview yeah. one another. The round Roundtable. Uh, they do the roundtable, but they also just do one-on-ones where two people. Okay interview one another oh that's
1: the hollywood reporters the round yes game. oh wow
0: yeah. good for you and uh anyway yeah he was talking about how playing spider-man kind of broke his heart really because he watched it get ripped to shreds hmm. but to his credit yeah. i don't know if you've ever heard of this this is this is some inside baseball and then, and then we'll move on but uh that that was the sony spider-man films right and there were two of them that garfield did and the second yep. one in particular was rough But in the Sony hack, remember when the Sony hack happened because the interview and all this shit got leaked, you know, and there's all all, lots of really fun stuff from the Sony hack, like, you know, Seth Rogen getting rejected for Pineapple Express 2 and (laughs) a bunch of shit like that. You can Google it to this day. It's all out there. One of the things that got leaked was a giant email chain of Sony executives almost (laughs) single-handedly ruining that fucking movie. (laughs) Really? Oh, yeah. Being like, Oh we need you know this many villains in this movie. Spider-Man should have a Snapchat account. We need scenes of him snapchatting on top of buildings, engaging his fans that way we can work it in with a marketing campaign and do it in oh real life. Oh my god. And it's just the director being like, "Fucking no, please. Like we've already changed so much." Like <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's such a joke. Oh my god, it's very it's like it's like laughably like I didn't think this like I mean everybody knew that that would happen in real life, but like it's really just all goes down in an email chain. Yeah. <laughs> but it's pretty bad. Fuck. Um, corporate greed. Corporate greed. Okay, that was a long stint uh, that started by primal fear. So I'll give you a turn.
1: Yeah. So I think I think this will be a good conversation to have because I think we both had um, mm-hmm. um, experiences similar uh, similar experiences this week. Um, I was back to the theaters. I went and saw The Green Knight.
0: Oh, yeah, we both, um, we, yeah, we both went back to the theater. That's awesome. Yeah. So,
1: so, like I said, it'll be a good conversation back when we're just experiencing that. But, but, but The Green Knight specifically, pr- a pretty cool movie. You know, I, I, I was, I kind of like thought about it like right as like we were like getting to the theater. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what, this movie could just not be good. But I think my excitement of being like coming home, you oh, know, yeah. would kind of like amplify the experience, and yeah. and thankfully it, it it was a very good movie. Um, but um, I'm hearing Oscar buzz about that one.
0: I yeah for sure. I my contacts at it, the Academy have been telling me. <laughs> yeah.
1: But you know, it's it was just a beautiful movie. Like the one of the standouts is you know after being home for almost two years, watching movies on out of my shitty tv Mm. stare or speakers you miss the music of of movies and just like the surround sound and the score pounding in your chest and Mm -hmm. incredible score aesthetically very beautiful to look at the use of color and like natural you can tell there's like a lot of natural light and and Mm -hmm. whatnot very limited cg which is kind of nice because i feel in modern high fantasy concept movies or mm-hmm. adaptions um you know it, it tends to be cgi heavy yeah. and i'm sure there was a ton of it just it just seemed very natural that's um, uh dev patel correct it is dev patel yeah, yeah. and uh, a couple I, w- I won't ruin it for anyone that wants to see it i would because it's the thing too i i thought it was like a solo movie i thought it was essentially him and like this
0: green knight that he's mm-hmm. going to be like you know waging war this thing i don't I saw know the, the trailer I, I know it's fantasy but also Apparently, quite artsy. Like they went highbrow with it. Is that right? Well, it's
1: based on a like an old, old, old Arthurian legend. Um, Mm. So it's 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 like a an existing piece of fiction from I don't know, like the 1600s, I think. Okay. Like it's very very old. Like I said, apparently it might 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 not be the 1600s, but apparently um, Tolkien was one of the first people to adapt it from uh, Middle English to modern English. Wow, I had
0: no idea. That is so cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there was other people that did it too, but he was like one of the notable people that did it. That's just one of the fun trivia I read, just reading about the movie over the, the, the week. the week. And um, so it's, you know, it's, it's a story of, you know, it's Arthurian legend. It's about proving oneself and having honor and, and valor and all this stuff. And I think it's so funny because we're so accustomed to you know, Marvel movies and adaptions of comic books and people just, or any any fantasy books, like Game of Thrones and, and what have you. People are like, well, it was different from the book. You know, this of was course, different. Yeah. They shouldn't have done that and da-da-da. It was so funny to read people talking about, of like, well, can you believe he did this? Like, this was not the way it was originally intended and written, and it's like, some ago. guy, like, <laughs> hundreds of years ago. It's just, you know, it'd be like if someone adapted, like, the fucking, you know, the, the Bible or, or like, yeah, yeah, some... Yeah. Old old text like that and like yeah they got that wrong it's like well come on <laughs> like it's an adaptation but give it a little bit of leeway but it was beautiful Dev Patel
0: is I I honestly have not seen him in much over the years it's funny because he's had some fucking hits and I haven't seen them either like he's had yeah. a couple Oscar noms and yeah. uh, I haven't seen any of them
1: I on, that's the thing I was trying to think on the way home we were talking about um you know just like how good a performance is and I was kind of like thinking to myself like I I honestly. I know him from Slub Dog Millionaire, but I never saw that movie. Yeah. And, but he, he was really good. And like, it was very artsy. There's no doubt. It was, it was probably the biggest, I wouldn't call it an art house film. Cause it was clearly intended to be like pushed to like a modern audience. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, it was being advertised and marketed that way. Mm-hmm. But um, really, really good, good story. The score is one of the biggest standouts, um, standouts for sure. Um, just, you know the use of color a lot of yellows and kind of you know like i find like lord of the rings even towards the end in the hobbit movies like they use color but it was a lot of grays and browns mm-hmm. i find in this movie they really tried a brighter to use, color palette not even brighter it was it was like i said the like there was like a tone of like mustard yellow like kind of like the fogginess and it honestly seemed like um it weirdly reminded of what i thought the witcher should have been the witcher tv series interesting aesthetically like visually you know obviously colorful but muted muted and you know like kind of like the the armor and like you know it's like it's a period piece you know what i mean to a certain extent but like everything looked visually like it would in the time and there was no extra additives to make it really step it up and all that but honestly like for not having read this you know you know, old, old, old English tale. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was slightly, I would have like you know, twenty minutes less. I think would have would have been mm-hmm. good. It was like two hours and ten minutes maybe. Sure. But um, no, it was really good. Was so happy to be back in the theaters and um, it was just it was just fun. It, it, I'm glad this was one of my first one back. You know, it was like a I knew I was pretty confident going in. It was going to be good. Nothing was, you know, soiled. The experience was not soiled in any way. But uh, I, I, if anyone can watch it, I think they're doing a stretch of PVOD for people that aren't comfortable
0: nice. or they
1: can't go back to the theaters yet. I would check it out. A um, couple cool people in it that I had no idea were in it. I thought it was like a solo movie. There's a lot of people in this movie. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So bigger cast than you were aware of to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. My anticipation. Uh, actually, you know, the one person I'll spoil um, Uh. The terrorist chick from Falcon Winter Soldier, the redhead girl. Oh yes, okay. Yeah, she had a she had a little bit in the movie. I was like, oh, you know, you good are to good. You are she she her like the period of time that she was in the movie. She was very good. Wasn't she also in Rogue One? Oh, she was. She was the I can't remember who. The, like the people that are chasing down. No, it's not Rogue One. It's Solo. Solo. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. They're uh, the people that are, like, hunting down uh, yeah. Woody Harrelson's
0: crew, fucking with True. them. True. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But uh, oh. Green Knight, check it Green out, guys. It's good. Green Knight. Glad you were able to get back into the theater. Yeah. You, uh, that was the local one near you? Uh, I drove, no, I, I had to drive to Kirkland uh, in Quebec oh,
1: okay. to go see that. They they tend to have some of the, it's closer than Ottawa, and uh, yeah, mm, so yeah, Cineplex in Kirkland. It was
0: so I did. Uh, so yeah, we'll stay on the movie track. I I was back to the movies as well. I went last weekend. Saw James Gunn's Suicide Squad. I'm so excited or, to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> Should I say the Suicide Squad? Suicide. So I'll stay up top. I will not spoil the movie. Mm. You know, this is not the kind of movie that like. You know, I I could spoil it for you, but you could go see it and still have such a blast because that it's it's this is absolutely one of the types of movies that is more about the journey, right? Like when you sure. think about, you know guardians which is low-hanging fruit you don't think about what happens in the plot you think about like this is fun this is like a roller coaster yeah exactly It's a perfect way to describe it i would say so i think like my biggest takeaway by far up top is that james gunn was afforded an opportunity that david Ayer was absolutely not (laughs) like Mm. i uh you know I'm sure that James Gunn probably fought the studio because uh, he did some, he did some uh, podcasts about this movie and talked about like how big he is on fighting studios when they try to give notes and things like that. So I'm sure this was no exception. Sure. Maybe he's just better at sticking to his guns than other directors. And if that's the case, I commend him. But with or without studio interference, this is a vastly superior movie to the first. It's almost so different that it's a shame they have the same title. Mm. Um, because you can just see the things that David Ayer was trying to do that James Gunn sort of does flawlessly, w- seemingly without any effort. Um, you know, like one thing that this isn't really a spoiler, but one thing I'll, I'll note is like, you know, just the setup uh, feels like it takes an eon in the first film. And uh, mm. James Gunn sort of rolls through that in four minutes. He's oh, just wow. like, he's like, and we're off now. It's a movie. And, you know, he's just like, I trust the audience is going to figure this out. Um, so he just sort of, I think like he just sort of understood when to bet and when not to bet. Um, it, it It's just a, yeah, it's a vastly superior movie. I think like one thing you could probably say is actually, it's very, very close to what like an R-rated Guardians film would be like. Like, oh, really? it's, it's not that different. Like, yeah. it is so up his alley, but you could just tell like, there are moments when he wants to go dark humor and he goes, he goes into dark humor yeah. and um, it, it never ever feels forced. It just feels like, you know, th- like he sets a tone very, very well and he's like pretty loyal to that whole tone. It is absolutely not a perfect movie. Yeah. Um, you know, no movie is. And like, sure. this is, you know, this is such an ambitious movie, right? And it's ensemble cast that you have to introduce and make the audience care about, but also be funny Mm -hmm. in the span of a little over two hours. He accomplishes that, but, like, there are some pieces, there are some segments that absolutely drag. Uh, Mm. I would say, similarly, about 20 minutes of fat that you could maybe trim. But, like, you know, if you get rid of that, like, it might just be non-stop. I've only seen it once, so maybe the pacing... That that fat I'm referring to it might be necessary for pacing because otherwise it might be like too busy. Sure. Um, so I don't know. I, I was really really happy with it. Um, standouts. John Cena steals every scene he's in. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, he's incredible. It's funny actually because uh, one thing was that I know um, uh James Gunn came out and said he wanted to cast Dave Batista in that role. Oh. And you know, for whatever reason he couldn't do it, and then he's like, Okay, maybe John Cena and then they met and it went well and it's like I could see what James Gunn was thinking of when he thought about Dave Batista in this role, but John Cena does it so differently than oh, what really? I think and and so well. Like, it's also very well written, right? But yeah. like Batista kills it, it just Elba is incredible. Harley Quinn is by far the best she's been on oh, in yeah. any Harley Quinn. <laughs> Uh, I've only seen yeah, the,
1: like the first Suicide. That's the only Suicide Squad. It's the only thing I've seen yeah. in um, as
0: role. Yeah, even uh, how's my uh, boy Joel Kinnaman. His best performance. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, and, and uh, it's his best performance in a DC uh, film. I think he only had the other Suicide Squad, but even yeah. his character is done better. Viola Davis's character has more oomph. okay Okay, um, everyone is better. You know. Like, I, you know, you and I saw the first Suicide Squad together, like, I think yeah. in VIP, and I was like pretty vehement on the way out. I remember like we were getting laughs because we were just walking out being like, well, that was dog shit. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, yeah. but, but in truth, like, you know, maybe that movie has aged even worse in my mind, and I was just like so happy to be back in the theater. That's like definitely part of it, you know, yeah. like, because it's just such a vibe, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that it's a good movie, I would say. Um, more you know it's like a like a deadpool meets guardians kind of vibe, but heavier on the uh a little bit heavier on the on the deadpool ish but almost like as if it was an ensemble cast um I remember the marketing trailer for this movie said from the horribly disturbed or the horribly funny or the horribly disturbingly funny mind of James Gunn mm. and that you know especially coming off of his like public uh disgrace discourse semi-cancellation yeah. whatever you want to call it yeah, yeah, yeah he it felt like the movie leaned into that you know what i mean like every time the joke was too clean he'd make it a little dirty and every time it did was a little you, too dirty um, he would go clean
1: did you ever see his movie super with um
0: uh, no rain
1: wilson but and Ellen uh, page uh, so i did That movie was fucked up
0: but and i can totally yeah. see him
1: making like a super dark I know what's in him, because he made that movie, so...
0: Yeah, apparently that's what got him, like, big, and, and, uh, and and you know, that was, like, a big launch pad part of his career, but but anyway, yeah, um, good movie, and, you know, yeah. lastly on him, like, just, you know, before we move on, I'll say he got fired from Disney before he got rehired, right, and apparently, mm-hmm. like, his agent would go to the same gym as some Warner Brothers executive, this is on that podcast I sent you. Okay. And this is just, you know, like an anecdote that really hit me, especially while I was watching the movie, um, is that these Warner Brothers high up exec, he dropped the name, I forget who it is, but he apparently was like, "Hey, if James Gunn wants to do anything for Warner Brothers, we'll give him it. Like, we'll, does he want to do Superman? We'll give him Superman. We'll give him Batman. We don't give a fuck. Like, we'll let him do literally anything." And James Gunn's like, no, no, you know, like, keep my head down amongst this whole thing. And eventually they're like, what about, like, what about rebooting the Suicide Squad? And James Gunn, his, apparently his question was, what do I have to keep from the first one? And they go, nothing. And he goes, no, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, you don't want to do like Batman? He's like, no, man. He's like, someone's going to do that. He's like, I want to do like Polka Dot Man. Like weird, yeah, odd, fucked up, eclectic, like this like collection of broken people movie. And uh, he does them justice. There is, in fact, a polka dot man played yeah, by yeah. Um, one of the uh, supporting characters in the Ant Man film, actually, and uh, I forget his name, but he's uh, he's great in it too. He's having a big year because he's has a very big role in Dune. Oh, really? Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, does. he was a very uh, big role. He was excellent. Um, yeah. So anyway, big fan.
1: I recommend it. Oh, I'm I'm 100 going to see it. I, it's just it was it was the Green Knight or it Suicide Squad, and I was like, well. I actually Bronson, listener of the show, he we we were talking back and forth, and I was like, "Hey, man, like if we can see this, we got to go." Mm-hmm. And it just worked out, and we we ripped up, and we had we had a blast. It was really, really, it was really fun. Had a boy, uh, yeah. Suicide Squad is next, though, for sure.
0: Yep, check it out if you can. Yeah. Should we get to the uh, anime segment of the anime podcast we run? <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, have you caught up on, uh, Tokyo Revengers or To Your Eternity? So I'm doing the flip this week. I'm caught up on Tokyo Revengers, but I'm not caught up on To Your Eternity. <laughs> you a real piece of shit. You know that? <laughs>
1: um, ah, fuck. Okay. I know. Uh, I know. It was it, the craziest couple days I've had. I could nah. not, I would not be able to, uh, we, stomach To Your Eternity this week.
0: We are, uh, caught up then on Tokyo Revengers episode 18. Yeah. So what did you think? fucking bring on bloody halloween (laughs) i am
1: it was so funny um that's the other thing too there's some really strange discourse with with tokyo revengers online i I, i'm actually there is you're right about that it's and it's in areas where it's areas where i'm not expecting you know it's People are complaining that like the time travel stuff is kind of like not adding up. You got to like turn off your brain, and it's the way I see it is, well, yeah, like it's a little high concept, but it's not that hard to follow. But, and and people are kind of like the only good thing going for the show is kind of just like clashing delinquents, and it's like, well, no, like there's good character involvement, like the relationships, and I think the one thing working against the show, especially the past couple episodes, is it's almost like I'm not saying it is I think it's almost rushed a uh, rush the introductions of a couple characters mm-hmm. and they're specifically like Baji and uh mm-hmm. is it Katuro or I'm uh, blanking on the other two uh, Kazutoru, Ka- Ka- Kazutoru? Ka- yeah Kazutoru so I think yeah. their thing there was a really good episode dedicated to like why there's all that beef and this and that yeah um, that was great which a really good episode but like I said, I, I I just it's just one of those things where you know sometimes you see the discourse online and like you're confident of like either side, but I'm like I'm just right down the middle with the show. And you would you would mention last week of I don't know why I like this show, but I do. Mm-hmm. And you know I, I feel like there's every odd episode I watch it and I'm like yeah why am why am I watching the show or why do I like this? And then I hear the op and I'm just fucking grooving. <laughs> and then like it's the- got a great op. And then a moment happens. You're like, and this is what. And then you know, like the last episode we saw, which is setting up like a a big fight or a big moment in the show. It's like this is why I love fucking love the show. Like it's it's good. Like it's it's not perfect. It's not, you know, it's not. It's not even fair to compare it to other things. It just I think it just is what it is, and I think it's just a
0: overall really good show. <laughs> you know, it's I don't know. Yeah. No, I think I agree with that. Uh, oh God. There's a there's this amazing meme. That I'm gonna put up on our Instagram. Uh, by the time you guys are listening to this, it's, it's of the, it's this dude who took pictures of himself, and it's like it's him in an outfit, and it's like he's in like a baggy sweater and like sweatpants, and the caption is "My wife's birthday," and then the next picture is of him in a full tuxedo, and it's Tokyo Manji Gang versus Valhalla fight. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm so excited for next week. I know. I uh, I really... Bloody like, Halloween,
1: man. They are really setting up... I think the one thing that I, I am disappointed with the show... In the current... Oh, obviously, spoilers for mm-hmm. anyone listening. When he's in the current timeline... Or the current... Mm-hmm. Or, no, sorry. When he's in current day... The times he goes to see Draken.
0: I wish there was more to that. I feel like it's yeah. it's, it's a it's very rushed. Like it's Yeah, it doesn't it, always it, add up, right? Because Draken yeah. should be like, "Why are you asking me about things you were present for?" <laughs> well, the um, thing and and there just could yeah. be more between those characters because Draken's such an important character in the past.
1: Yes. The thing is they've kind of alluded like the moment Akuma jump, jumps off the roof. Mm. He says, "Like you can travel back. You have Mm -hmm. the power, right?" Mm -hmm. I do think that might be like a plot twist down the road. But even like, I feel like Draken is like a super smart dude. Like you know, by far my favorite character on the show. Um, He maybe he knows more than we don't. Maybe he is Mm. like purposely. I hope like I don't think he's going to be a villain, but maybe he's just painting a picture for. Yeah you know for Takamichi to eventually affect the past like maybe because maybe more people are aware that Takamichi can do what he does interesting you know it's just like a little theory it's it's trying to piece apart like almost nothing scenes like it's just lore dump lore dump lore dump and it's like okay
0: bye dragon it's like fuck I want to see how he's doing you know like it's so I've got I have two responses one is I think I don't know I won't call it unique But Mm. I do like the mechanic of the show that by visiting Drakken and by talking to Sheena's older brother, Mm. you get... The show allows itself the opportunity to build up what's going to happen. It's, like, foreshadowing and it's obvious, but it also, like, builds hype. They're like, oh, like, on this event where everybody died, oh, right, and that's going to happen tomorrow for you. You know what I mean? So it's like the show gets to build stakes... Let me pull in, up this news article of this master. Exactly. Yeah, it's, in in advance. Yeah. So you, the audience is sort of experiencing what Takemichi is experiencing at the same time. It That's kind of neat. And it's also neat like when he changes something in the past, and therefore the events that he has to expect also change. Yeah. Like that causality. All that is fun. You know, it's like time travel shit, right? Yeah. Um, so as far as your theory goes, I think it's interesting. My theory was somewhat similar, and it was about the time travel mechanic. I wonder and obviously anybody listening we're not we haven't seen the manga, right? Yeah. So maybe I'm way off. My thought is maybe the reason Kisaki's takeover is inevitable is because he also has the ability to try and time travel. Oh this villain who takes over whatever, apparently. Ooh, maybe really he's died. doing it at the same time and Takamichi will have to fight him in the past and the present or some bullshit.
1: Or I did, yeah. you know,
0: or like or they might decide that's opening the, the Pandora's box too much, right? Like, we always talk about the time travel mechanic. Like, once you fucking open it, like, how, how far down this rabbit hole do you want to go? Did that in theory pop in your mind
1: the moment when it cuts to Kasaki and he's, like, they're at the, like, the pep rally of getting everyone stoked for the bloody Halloween fight, and it cuts to Kasaki and he says, everything I wanted is happening. <sighs>
0: I thought of it before that, but okay. that that definitely reinforced it. It was like that Wait, really stuck out to me. I was like, oh shit! What's I was going like, on here? are you really <laughs> ten steps ahead of everybody? This kind of yeah. weird. I mean, you know, it's also like you know, it's tough, right? Because you gotta be like, what show am I watching? Sometimes with this show, because yeah. the time travel stuff is highbrow, but then it's all about teenagers that are in like pseudo biker gangs. But then there's like actual death, so it's like it's high stakes low stakes but they're just kids but not really because people are jumping off fucking roofs and ramming each other with cars so it's like yeah
1: there is there is a lot of moments there is a lot of elements of the show where you kind of just got to turn your brain off about some of the elements like the day to day i was thinking about i wanted to bring it up last week um like like does Takamichi like just not have a relationship with his parents in the past like, yeah. I feel like if he, if you had the opportunity to go back and like you know you would think he would show them, maybe it's not in the manga or it's yeah. it's just presumed that he was a loser
0: and you know or you know, like you know he can't, he can't change that or something like that. Yeah.
1: it's just like where where's where's the
0: adults? They yeah, that's a good point. Adults. Where are the adults they they could solve that one problem just by being like, oh, it's a boarding school, but yeah. like but they haven't done that, right? So it's yeah. just like kind of another hole. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, uh, you know, this episode was effective at building hype. I'm very excited to see yes. what happens on Bloody Halloween. I'm very, like, it was an interesting choice for them to show us in advance how it ended last time. And sure. to, like, actually give us a flashback that, again, Takemichi's experiencing. Like, he, that's his memory, and he realizes it. He's like, wait, why am I getting flash of this? Blah, the flashes of this? Yeah. That was cool. I love the moment where it's Kazutoro and
1: Draken and the guy that's, like, refereeing. And Kazutoro just, like, fucking, like, kicks the shit out of the guy. And he goes, like, what is this? Like, the fucking playground? Like, this yeah. is... Like, we are here to fucking kill you guys. Like, let's <laughs> do... Like, there is no rules. And I was thinking, like... like yeah, Yes like, you know what I mean? I was like, you're right, like, it's. Give like, me death. You guys are lawless. Like, why would there be fucking, like, best five on five? And it's like, no, dude, like, we're here to, like, decimate you and your gang. Yeah, like, bro. you know? Best this to this is the Outsiders. Like, let's right go now, bro. Yeah. <laughs> this makes me just want an Outsiders anime. That'd be Oh, fucking. yeah. Which is kind of what this is, to a certain way. In but a way, yeah, I see that. I am... I think the one thing the show is missing, and I understand, there's so many moving parts, and I know, like, Takemichi is, like, juggling, like, a fucking hundred balls at once. I do wish the core group of, like, the the Tokyo Manji gang, like, Tomon in general, like, like, the cast, like, you see, like, the key art. you see the whole gang, uh-huh. I wish, like, you would see more time with them and like develop some of these characters. They'll do like random cutaway shots, to, like the dude with the blue hair and the the guy with the pink fuzzy hair. And the gray haired like, guy. Yeah. The gray hair guy. And all. That. And it's like, okay, like I know we've met them, but it's like, I don't know this character. Like, why yeah,
0: should they don't I have really a care relationship? What he's all I know is that they're like also in the leadership.
1: Yeah. But that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I don't know. I just want Kasaki Diaz to his ass kicked. Like, that dude looks evil as fuck. And evil as I fuck. I do see. Stupid glasses having a motherfucker. As I watch this show, I do see it having some long legs, though. Like, I think this story is not going to... Like, I think by the end of the season, we are not going to have a... We might have some kind of a wrap-up, but I don't think it's going to be as satisfying as we want it to be.
0: Yeah, I think Which I think the show would benefit from.
1: I think this show might be better as, like, a one-off story,
0: potentially. Well, not at the pace they're going at, but I think if they did one long season or two medium-length like we could do this could be done finite you know what i mean this could be done you know in a couple um i don't really have a ton of interest in this going like the way of my hero or like four or five seasons like no 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 no. i I, and i don't truthfully know how long or how uh big the uh manga is at this point so tbd on uh on like its longevity and all that. And also like even if it is, you know, if it's renewed and all that, and, like you don't know, that's not a given these days, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: sure. Um, I will briefly speak on to your H&RD without spoilers because you're sure. not caught up. So, yep. to your how did how did you like last week's episode? We'll start with that first. So, yeah, let's talk about 16. Um what, what am I what am I thinking here? So, I'm just trying to think of what, you know, spoilers ahead for To Your Eternity episode 16. So, what, what happened in that one? I think the big one is that we learn of Perona's death. Yeah. Brutal. Which we predicted on this podcast because he changed into her, which in retrospect isn't like that bold of a prediction. But mm-hmm. I did not uh, expect that episode to go the way it did. I didn't expect him to be. Was it her name? Hi- Hayasami? Hayami? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he. Uh, our boy Fushi got fucking handled. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. she um, had the absolute drop on him. And that... You know, 16 and 17, but I'll stay into 16. It, it was surprisingly dark in that regard. Uh, like, uh, the fact that they flashbacked and showed Perona's death. Or, yeah. you know, the way that she was supposedly killed by uh, Hayami, Hasami, whatever her name is. The villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was like, oh my god. You know, like there are a lot of times in this show where I go like, Oh, this is suitable for children. And then I go, wait a minute. No, it's not <laughs> like, yeah, Jesus. And there's a moment, uh, in 17 where it's, there's like some dark moments in 17 that, uh, I'm curious about your, I'll be curious to hear your thoughts next week. Yeah. Um, but staying on 16, yeah, I was bummed. Like, you know, our boy got handled and it felt like we were kind of waiting for the shoe to drop because things had kind of gone well with mm-hmm. the knockers and his relationship with Tanari was improving, even though, yeah. you know, because Tanari got that exposition, or not uh, exposition, her background episode, or a big background scene, right? The explanation. Between yeah, her reasoning and her yeah. disassociation, more or less. Yeah.
1: It wasn't that fucking brutal.
0: Yeah, oh my god. Yeah. It's funny, you know, if you flash back to post-show, I don't know, 13, you and I are like, they better not try and make us like this chick, because I don't like her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I'm, i it's not gonna fly this time, okay? Yeah, you can't do uh, it.
1: They did. They're trying though. Like it's,
0: well, it's, even still, it's like, ah, that's no. True. I mean, I don't like. But some you're of like, her, I don't like some of her decisions. But like in retrospect, it's like, yeah, all right, like yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's the, it was kind
1: of, it was kind of the Gabby thing. Over by the end of it, you're kind of like, well, you had a raw deal. Yeah, you know? that,
0: uh, <laughs> no. that wasn't super swell. It could have gone better for you. Yeah. So yeah, fair enough. Uh, you know, just the development with Tanari and you know fushi's like coming into his own and uh that battle with the knockers and making friends and just talking about his goals and all that stuff it all went really well so of course it's time to shake things up right and Mm -hmm. uh it's funny though because you know the knockers traditionally have been how you shake things up and you knock fushi down a peg yeah um but he wins and he conquers them with the help of all of these new friends and with teamwork and all these things he's learned and But he still needs to learn, right? And he still needs to go through some pain, it feels like. Mm -hmm. And that's what Hayami uh, shows up to do. And it's rough watching that shit happen. Well, you see what I was talking about, like, the emotion, like, to see him have rage. Yeah, that was the first time he, you know... Yeah. He wanted to kill somebody, you know? Like, uh, there's this part of his humanity, he was so hurt by what she put him through because she had already killed someone dear to him, and he Mm -hmm. had memories... Of March back now and he could appreciate that loss and he had memories of Perona and he had everyone central to him you know the knockers that he would recovered those pieces and so you know he, he cares about them and now he has to appreciate this loss but he's also he's familiarized himself with a bit of anger and frustration while he's been on this island yeah and then this happens and then she just reveals it like a like a fucking bad guy out of a movie like telling you their plan like just so goddamn but heartless.
1: It was, it was interesting too, and that's and that's why i i love the i love this show, and we've talked about this, you know, probably two three times. It's the respect the show has for the audience, like, and even the characters. Like, you know, Hayami is saying that to be malicious. She's not like, you know, oh the, yeah, like, it's, not, it's not making for time and like ah, let me reveal my mm, plot to you. And yeah, yeah, she like she has an, a specific goal to antagonize him. She's a true antagonist, like through and through. Like she's a villain all-encompassing but like it was just kind of nice like she's clearly fucking with him to make him feel shitty and you know it could be to distract him all this and that but like oh no i'm not i wasn't downplaying like how pretty she was what i'm saying it's it's a good highlight of the show where something that like in anything else might be like ah yes they're just trying to like bide for time and the character does this and that Mm -hmm. you know it's it's not like you know monologuing or whatever it's like you know it's It makes sense for that character to do that in the moment just to fuck with the person they're not trying to there's not some ulterior motive by the show runner or like the the creators of the show to buy time or some bullshit like that it's 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 that kind of thing should be used in this instance you know like that's
0: how it should be used but yeah i'm curious if down the road they give her the 3d treatment like if they make her a three-dimensional character if we get some time behind the scenes Mm. like trying to learn her motives because like the stuff she's uh, done up to this point, especially including in the in this next one as well, is pretty repugnant. Like, yeah. Uh, th- but like sixteen, that's just that's just rough, man. Yeah. Um, great episode. I-, I won't really say anything about seventeen. I'll just say it's dark and you know similar. Uh, there's some also some moments that were like God damn, dude. <laughs> like, mm. but there's also you know some uplifting uh stuff too. So yeah. You know, success. such as "To Your Eternity," right? Yeah, it's always uh, <laughs> it's always in the feels. Yeah. So, um, I've got a few more things. What about you? I just want to touch briefly on High We're loving yes. it.
1: We're season down.
0: Did you get a chance to at least watch our episode? No, I'm sorry. No, but <laughs> no. but uh, and you know not. Because like I'm, I was like actively resisting it. Like, oh no no no! no partly no. because I genuinely, uh, genuinely forgot, but I also like ended up trying two new shows this week, and that's why. Oh. And I'll talk about those in a moment. But go ahead. Well,
1: just a quick, where we actually just today we finished um, the the first season, and we're we're going we're a couple episodes into the second season. But what what a trip, man! I this show you know it's it's hard to say because there's so there is so much everything in the world and you know like i'm specifically talking about anime but there's just so much stuff out there it's all fantastic um but Q truly is something special Mm -hmm. it is so well written it's so realistic it's so grounded it like it actually i understand I understand what slice of life means in anime now Mm -hmm. because of this show. I understand like it is meant to be like, and it has its funny little elements. It has them like going for that, that Sakugo shonen moment where they make like a big spike or like a big save. The cast is so good. Like it's basically half of like attack on Titan and my hero academia voice actors are in this fucking show. So it's like the guy that the guy that does Bakugo is one of the main characters and it's the most Bakugo I've heard. Like, out of that dude because like, really? he's done lots of stuff obviously. oh yeah the dude really channels Goes Bakugo it. and it's like in a less aggressive way he's like a very positive character but he's intense oh, interesting. so it's a good it's it's a good comparison to that uh, Nish- Nishiyama but um, super well rounded cast funny 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 like they I like I said I, this is probably going go to go you know Mind you in five years my list might be updated. I might discover more stuff that I like more. Yeah, yeah. But this is definitely one hundred percent in my top ten of my life of wow. when it comes to anime. It's I we Leanna and I that absolutely is, love this show.
0: Those are fighting words. It's so
1: like it's just so positive. It's about like progressing and like, you know, even right now, like we're obviously we're going into the second season, but like there's a whole episode dedicated to like, you know, yeah, you guys are like crushing volleyball, but like that's all you're doing, like your school. That, like, they have, like, a school-based episode where they need to learn how to properly study. And they're like, you guys are so smart on the court. Like, why can't you just, like, fucking learn your, your ones and twos, you know? Like, kind of, like, you know, it's, I don't know, man. Like, I, I honestly could t- talk about the show for 45 minutes. I'm not going to do that to everyone. <laughs> but it's, we are absolutely loving it. Um, and I believe a new season just started. So, because I'm getting like updates on Crunchyroll saying new episode, new episode. So, nice. um, I think it's are... into their There must be another like fifth season. Or fifth something. or sixth. Wow. unless they're adding other stuff. Maybe it's like OVAs they're they're adding or whatnot. Interesting. But, um, yeah, high We're loving
0: it. We're 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 chugging along with that. But, uh, but damn, yeah. love it. All volleyball, right. unreal. <laughs> Whatever, dork. Um, <laughs> I will eventually, probably in the near term, give that uh, give that a go freaking weirdos um, <laughs> it's gonna be funny when I come back next week I'm like so I'm three seasons in I haven't slept in two days <laughs> well we told Joey so we, we got Joey to
1: watch it and like you know I, I him and I share a Crunchyroll account and you know I go to we go to watch an episode today and it's like season three episode six <laughs> I'm like you sick fuck oh my like, god we told you like a week and a half ago
0: <laughs> there's there is a vibe there's something to it when you when you get a hold of a complete or well in progress anime yeah and you just just devour it it's like you never do it justice because you're you're consuming it so fast but I remember mm-hmm. like when I found Full Metal Alchemist uh, Brotherhood I was watching like four or five up six episodes a day you know they're 20 sure. minutes piece right they're yeah, like it's you know, easy it's easy to do it yeah one of the more yeah anyway. Um, I'll give a, a very, very brief, uh, anime intermission, uh, cause I want to tell you just quickly that I, I watched, uh, music box, uh, oh, Woodstock, yeah. uh, Woodstock 99. Fucking weird. Uh, man. just for the context for anybody who didn't hear last week's episode, music box is a series, docu-series being done by Bill Simmons on HBO, uh, Bill Simmons from like the rewatchables, right? Right, Greg? Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so, his, yeah. yeah. We, we love uh, everything he does and, and whatever, so anyway, he's doing this docuseries on HBO called Music Box, and uh, he did a two-hour one on uh, Woodstock 1999. You know, you hear all these stories about Woodstock, because um, it's before our time, um, and, you know, some of them are good, some of them are bad. I know, like, some of them were dangerous, and, like, people died, and that's kind of, like, all I knew. Mm-hmm. people even died at the one in 1969 like oh sure. like yeah, it's yeah. They, they were always huge music festivals you know centered around the idea of like you know peace and love and like the hippie generation especially in the 1960s or the 69 one in particular yeah, so enough. Grant uh, had like a great take that you should listen to in last week's post show um, and you know I'm mostly pretty much gonna agree with everything he said but I, I just wanted to say like I watched it. That shit was powerful. Isn't it? (laughs) Uh, It was frightening. I will be honest and say that the first hour, I was like, okay, I get it. Like, I was kind of like, I think what it's a two hour documentary, and it's really important Mm -hmm. that you watch the full two hours Um, because the first hour is build, and it's like they're trying to tell you, the audience, like, there's just simply a lot going on right now. Um, In this moment in 1999, uh, there are a lot of factors at play that led to this thing going down this really bad path. I will be honest and say, like, at times, like, around the 45-minute mark, I was just, it felt like they were just saying, like, white man bad. And I was like, okay, I get it. Like, like, I understand, like, we're, like, undesirable number ones (laughs) in in a way. But, like, but what happened to Woodstock? And then they get to that in the second half. And it's sort of like this confluence of events of this like angry generation who happen to be a lot of white young guys. I was gonna say, um, yeah. which is you know, ironically, like twenty years later, yeah, <laughs> not a ton has changed in some in some yep. ways. Um, so, you know, they do a good job with the setup. Um, I think that I didn't understand what really went wrong at that time and uh, you know you and I grew up going to concerts and like music Mm -hmm. festivals and stuff like that nothing that big but it's it's just so interesting because like I don't know like if you sales pitch me Woodstock on paper I'd be like no fucking way like yeah. this sounds like a death trap like you yeah. they host You want to host it on a military base like are you on are you fucking crazy with not tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of people
1: when that when that part of the movie came on and they specifically said like yeah yeah and we got this perfect spot it's Oh it's, my god. Uh, and I remember just thinking going uh-oh well that's uh. that's, that's a no no <laughs> like as an adult like that my immediate assessment of that statement I was like
0: well, you don't do that <laughs> um, it's... yeah and you know i i don't know their names but i the like and it, and it's hard right because you can tell uh the way the documentary is done is it's very clear that they're not the documentary and bill simmons he's not pointing the finger at any one person i think his point is like a lot of things had to go wrong for this to end up this badly, and that's exactly yeah. what happened. It's just How,
1: yeah, a repeat,
0: like, yeah. Wrong, like error after error after error. However, yeah. um, there's a lot of blame that rests with a lot of people. Like the two organizers yeah. uh, Schmucks, of those fucking Woodstocks were absolute, absolute idiots. incompetent to um, the extreme. Yeah. You know, one might say, fucking idiot hippies. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, total dipshits. And, you know, like, people died. People even died in 1969 when it went well. You know, like, the military had to be called in even for that one. Yeah. Um, Crazy. Absolutely insane. Crazy shit. Obviously, there's, like, you know, something to be said, too, for uh, people like uh, um, Limp Biscuit and some of the performers who went up and made it worse. Um, But, like, again, like, I don't think any one of those guys is, like... uh, solely to blame. No. no um it, it felt like just a lot of you know we haven't even touched on like the obscene amount of sexual assault even just in the captured footage. Yeah. The stuff that they got on camera, that's the fucked up thing. They yeah. sold this on pay-per-view. Yeah. Like what? in what alternate dystopian reality like I cannot imagine something like that coming out today like that's so fucking crazy no it wouldn't it absolutely Uh, wouldn't so to to think of the stuff that got caught on camera and the footage that they were able to put uh, and put in this documentary you have to imagine oh my god what didn't get captured on camera Mm -hmm. like no shit like yeah like there was like eight cases uh, but hundreds I would have to guesstimate actual thousands of sexual assaults took place over the course of this three days that I was like I told Mortified, you, I was looking by, at the like, by the end of it. Oh I my god! Gross. That's why I had to turn it off. I was like, it's too late for this shit. Like, I, yeah, dude, it's, it's funny. Awful. I watched it over two days too. I was an hour ten in. I was like, you know what? I think I'm good. Like, yeah. Uh, so I watched uh, the rest of it uh, the next day. But yeah, that w- that was fucked up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So that was positive. I'm glad we talked about that. <laughs> But no, it is dark. Uh, but hey, like I'm, you know, if you're interested in like history and music uh, festivals and just like a big part of where all this Woodstock references comes from, you should watch it. It's on HBO. Yeah. Check it out. It's very enlightening. Yeah, it's in, it's it's important to know uh, kind of what came before. Mm-hmm. Um, explains a lot
1: of what's going on. Not all of it, but there's some elements of today if you just don't understand what is going on and why people are upset i think this is a good piece this is a good um time capsule to look back on and be like ah yes that's the, where this is where this stems from and it yeah. grew into what it is now and it's it's it was gross then and it's grosser now so just the way some people act and behave and the entitlement some people have it's it's you know you watch this you're like yeah i know white people suck man like it's you know it's, this is
0: yeah. what wrong looks like <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, it's yeah, pretty yeah fucked up yeah um okay what's talk 99 Thanks for that. Um, so, on a lighter note, I'll briefly mention, I don't know if you want to get anything in between, but I'll, I'll, t- no, I'll give no, you one, is, uh, I, because there's a trailer out for, I think, part six, um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Be more lukewarm. <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> no, no, I'm not lukewarm, it's
1: just, it's oh, yeah. probably the most intimidating thing to as an anime watcher is just the JoJo situation. It's, yes. There's just so much. And I know I, I'm I know I'm know going to fucking love it. You know, it's just, it's one of the most sure shot things. Yes. It's just, it's like, fuck man. But that's a lot. That's a lot of, if it was, okay. Finish what you're saying, then I'll, I'll get my thought out later. Well, it's,
0: uh, so you're right. Uh, it's, it's a whole world. In fact, there's this uh, podcast that we're uh, friends with on uh, Instagram. Hello, Strictly Series. And they cover, like, exclusively JoJo stuff. And I think we came across them because they were doing Attack on Titan stuff (laughs) Mm. uh, at the time. And anyway, like, there are entire communities and podcasts that only talk about JoJo and JoJo-related memes and JoJo... Like, it's a whole fucking world. So, here's what I understand. I don't know if you would call it an anthology. It's it's a series about a family Mm -hmm. and they fight villains across (laughs) generations yeah and the protagonist is always in this family and the protagonist's name is always jojo like they just end up developing that nickname for whatever reason i have watched the pilot it is like weird like it's taking really big anime swings um it's very loud and like I like it's confident I guess sure. it's, and weird and like it, I would say uh, it has a very loud vivid color palette like people's hair is like bright teal and they're wearing like bright yellow suits with like I don't know like a a green handkerchief like it's everything. And some people are just purple for no fucking reason. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, like, and some people have, like, blonde hair and red eyes, and that's just mm. normal. Like, the like, it's just very colorful, but yeah. in, also in a weird way, it's, like, semi-realistic. It's fucking weird. Yeah. Um, it's all, like, I, I don't really know what's happening, but they're going for it. Sure. So I watched the pilot, I was like, okay, I mean, just out of sheer curiosity, I'm gonna end up watching, you know, a couple more episodes, so... Um, I would, yeah, like, they, the pilot, like, is, like, one of those shows that just, like, shows up and, like, puts its dick on the table and it's like, mm. hey, <laughs> um, well, uh, I don't know, is that out of touch? I'm thinking, it made me think about Harvey Weinstein. Anyway, um, so, yeah, they're, they're going for it.
1: Well, so, the thing, the, the, n- not the problem, but the, the intimidating thing for me to get into the show is, the way I see it is, each season, like, there, there's clearly, like, a, a narrative, Maybe not a narrative, but there's elements that cross across, go across the entirety of the, of the seasons. Mm-hmm. But each, again, this is just my assessment from the outside. You know, it seems like each season is its own thing; it's its own yes. kind of story and universe, self-contained. So, there's a lot of stuff I want to watch. And there's a lot of stuff I want to I want to experience. So, it would be it's like. Okay, I'm going to watch 6 different shows in a row. I see what you mean, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like I I got to I got to find the right attack angle to get it. Like do I watch a season of this and then I move on, you know, kind of space it with this and not like there's, you know, like we're in the time of anime, man. Like I've never I'm not overwhelmed yet, but yeah. I can I can see cuz right now like we're in we're in the summer season and there is still some stuff from spring i want to watch before the year is done mm-hmm. and there's stuff coming and it's like fucking JoJo's coming out and fucking well the other important thing too is i think netflix is getting the rights and it's all coming out at one time that's what the is? big thing jojo season 6 i watched part it. 6
0: oh okay i watched it on netflix and uh so the whole th- all of them are fucking there um, but like this isn't going to yeah. be week to week when season 6 comes out though. it's just dropping yeah it's just dropping and that, i think that might be a
1: well, not a first for Netflix because that's their. That's what they you know, do. Their... Like that's what they do. Like Castlevania, etc. Yeah, but uh, but you know, like we're watching every the Netflix everything else way. Watches the Netflix way, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Jojo, one day. So you like? It's weird, but did you like it? Uh,
0: yes, but like, yes, I liked it. I intend to watch a second episode, but mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm you know, I'm not coming in being like, oh, this is the thing. Like, I think like it did a good job at being weird enough to make me want to see where this goes a little bit okay but that's not you know like a major huge endorsement like you know frankly i could say the same thing about attack on titan or like uh you know my hero or uh full metal like all all of those have like good pilots and are like they they what they do is they pique your interest you know what i mean but none of them like change your fucking life I mean Attack on Titan is like so big about like a boy watching his mother get eaten alive that like it you know it sets a hell of a tone um, that you kind of want to see where it goes but like you don't you know not a lot of shows show up and you know Mm. that they're going to be one of the greatest I think is my point Um, so I think like you know it's a it's a good pilot and uh, it it, what uh, is most important about pilots is that they set a tone and it did that so we'll see It you know like there's a possibility that they lean into the weird and into the weird that I kinda don't like like if they Mm. go the direction that I'm not a fan of then I'll probably just like hang it up you know what I mean like shows that like know their strengths often stick to them and sometimes like that weeb shit like I don't that's not something that does it for me you know what I mean so they could pick an angle uh, that I don't love and that's fine because it's a very successful show and they don't need me but you know I will give it another go there you go What about you, sir? Is there anything else before we wrap up? I got one
1: last thing. Um, So, the Bad Batch um, Mm. on Star Wars, the second to last episode aired this week. Mm. The season finale is... uh, So, I guess up top. It's renewed for second season, which I think everyone knew was coming. Excellent. Um, So, the finale is uh, on this Friday. But the one that we just watched, um, you know, as... You know, Leanne and I have been on this... This you know this Star Wars journey you know this year really like the end of last year and uh, and majority of this year and you know it's just it's just something we've just fallen in love with you know between Clone Wars and Rebels and going back and revisiting the movies we you know we're very and you know Mandalorian mm-hmm. we're very situated in the ecosystem of Star Wars in the story and we love these characters it's a very you know the the movies are their own thing but specifically i think leanne and i are more drawn to like the animation stuff they've done over the years um you know obviously we just caught it but you know like clone wars and rebels like that's like that's our shit man like we fucking love those characters and it's heartwarming stories and you know there's loss and you know love and and victories and lot. it's it's got it all but this episode did something that i didn't think I, I didn't think Star Wars like they, they had these moments where they can make you feel and they kind of closed off this I, I'm not going to spoil it people that you know watch Star Wars I'm sure like you know they're watching this right now and they're probably feeling the same way we are but they did in a really way I didn't think they would do it this way but they kind of closed off the Clone Wars ecosystem a little bit it was kind of like um just like a big bang at the end you know like the the clone wars that was their thing it's just it was just emotional and like they kind of cl- like closed off the clone wars the empire is here we're getting conscription we're getting soldiers like it's you know it's just i don't know man it was it was emotional and i what they're setting up for this last episode is going to be heavy really heavy and it was such like this was sakuga for star wars the way they capped off this last episode really? i fucking wished we could have seen it on a on a big screen it really? Was, eh, it was
0: that big? It, or is that oh good? Oh my
1: god. There was there was a couple moments too, like at the end of, when they came back and they did that last se- or that last season of Clone Wars, um, you know, there's a moment where Ahsoka Tano and, and Rex, like they're, you know, she successfully gets the chip out of Rex's head, uh, who is like the main clone kind of following along the story over the years. And, you know, they're on like the Venerator ship and they're essentially like trying to get away from their lives and it shows like the Venerator crashing into the planet. And just, like, the emotion, like, just, like, the destruction and then, like, Darth Vader showing up and discovering that, like, he thinks Ahsoka Tano is dead and all that. Just the heaviness and the emotion of it all. Again, the visual, like, it was stunning. And they did it again, the way they capped off this episode. It was was a sign-off gift for our generation because we came in with, you know, like, we had seen the originals. Most Mm -hmm. of us, I think, our age saw the originals. Before like the Phantom Menace and all that came out, yeah. But that's what we grew up with was the, was the prequels, yeah, and the stories and the memes and you know the TV shows. So it's it was kind of like a nice clean way to like cap off the Clone Wars era, in like just this um, like this big moment. And like I know I'm being fucking vague, but it was nah. it was stunning. It was big. It was loud. And it was you know it was heavy. It was just really heavy. It was really good. Bad
0: batch. This is this is it's almost f- like you're saying they went for it
1: they fucking went for it it's not even the finale like i can only imagine what they're going to do next week but the thing the the one the one thing i will say is that it was the first moment this season where i'm like i wish people would watch the other stuff first because i feel like if if you're just jumping into the bad batch and you're watching it, i think you can follow along you can fall in love with these characters But this moment specifically seemed like a sign-off and like a a nod of the hat to the fans from Rebels and Clone Wars
0: all over the years, people that supported the shows. I believe that, like that they would do that kind of thing because that's basically what The Mandalorian feels like.
1: 100%. So seeing this moment, I think someone that had like the only Star Wars thing they've watched in a long time, at least in the animation side, if it's the first thing they ever watched, they see Mm -hmm. this moment, they're kind of like, oh, okay. Well, that's, that's, that's like a big way to end the episode. But for everyone else who knows and loves, they're like... Uh, you know, it's just like it's, <laughs> it it's, goes deep, right? It goes really deep, and Leanne and I were just kind of like in in shock, of like holy fuck, like they did that. They just fucking like they they closed the book on that. God damn. And, uh, yeah, it was it was really good, and I am not overselling it. If you are a fucking big Star Wars nerd, you watch that episode, you're like, wow, <laughs> like Bad Batch, yeah, Bad nothing, Batch,
0: nothing but the good uh, good stuff to say about the penultimate episode, and then yes. you've got the finale coming next week. Yeah, or this week, depending on you know. Okay, interesting. Yeah, bad batch. Ending this on a positive note. You see that? You see how we turn this <laughs> ship around between between primal fear and like the whole. I don't think we we're really shitting on it. It was more about. Uh, oh no, it was Woodstock that brought us down. Actually, yeah, Woodstock think, brought us down. Fucking Woodstock. You had said you watched two new animes. I'm debating about saving it for next week, but I will I will give you a preview. Okay. And the audience, because I know they're holding their breath in this moment. (laughs) Um, I'm not going to talk about it too much, but the long anticipated, just because I think maybe the marketing was heavy, and also because it's a Netflix release, and apparently it's a remake, which I also didn't know, because who the fuck am I? Uh, Shaman King debuted. Oh shit, that came out? It came out on uh, Netflix. Uh, I believe it's 13 episodes or so. I've only seen the pilot. I would say, like JoJo, uh, uh, you know, it's not like JoJo, but like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, it holds promise. It also had an interesting, uh, an interesting pilot. I would say it's probably a little bit more of a classic kind of shonen-ish in a way than uh, JoJo is. But then again. God, I don't know. It's but it's it's still so early for both of them. Um, mm. I guess like the big thing is like I see promise, and I intend to check them both out. Uh, and you know come back next week with uh, with more detail. All right. So well, yeah, I will probably I didn't know that came out yet. So Shaun I'm King sure we'll have, we'll have something to talk about next week for sure. Yes, sir. I think that about wraps up for this week. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if this is your first time listening, we drop the post-show every week. Um, this is a hiatus week for My Hero Academia, which, as we mentioned at the top of the show, we're also covering season five week-to-week, anime only. So um, if you're into that, uh, you know, come back. We usually drop those episodes on Wednesdays where we cover that week's episode. Um, and you know, do the relevant social media thing on the relevant social media platform. Like, follow, subscribe uh, to the podcast in every way, shape, or form. Um, Yeah, I think that about does it. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Cheers.